We are in need of you. And you knew that. And so you sent your son. You sent God himself to come and be amongst us so that he could do what we truly needed. He could take our place and rescue us from our sin. And so we are grateful to be able to worship you today as every other day, as every other Sunday. And we, we acknowledge the, the, the significance of being able to come together as a church on this, on this Christmas morning. And we are thankful that you are here with us and ask you to bless our time in Christ's name. Amen. Well, as a kid at Christmas, we all knew that under that tree were gifts that we wanted and gifts that we needed. And by uh, needed, that meant things like socks and sweaters and stuff like that. Now, you may have really needed new socks, but that didn't matter because you can't play with socks. Like you can a good plastic or metal toy. But the truth is, is that you wore those socks probably far longer or those pajamas or those pants or that sweater far longer after that toy was either forgotten or broken. There were those times, though, when need and want came together in the perfect gift is a good way to think about what Christmas truly means. Christmas means that God wants you to have what you really need and what you want most. Now, Christmas has many wonderful sights and sounds and tastes and smells, but at the heart of Christmas is one word, and that word is a name, Emmanuel. And the reason I say this is because the word means God with us. And this name represents what happened when Mary gave birth to her firstborn son, Jesus. Jesus was Emmanuel. God with us. He was God with us in person. And this is what Christmas is. And therefore, it means several important things. And I want to remind you of some of those things in our time together this morning. The first thing that Christmas means is that there are truths that God wants you to know. There are truths that God wants you to know. These are things that God wants you to know about Him and about you. They're so important, in fact, that He sent His Son to reveal them. Well, the first thing that God wants you to know is the truth about Him. Jesus told Pontius Pilate, he was the Roman governor of Jerusalem, he says, For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. The mission the Father gave to Jesus, it was not political, it was spiritual. His purpose, he says, was to testify to the truth, which he did when he went about proclaiming what he called the gospel of the kingdom. Christ proclaimed the truth about God, about men, about sin, about judgment, holiness, love, and eternal life. The Apostle John said that he was, that Jesus was full of grace and truth. Well, Jesus went even further. He said that he himself is truth and that the only one who can truthfully and perfectly reveal the Father. 
the truth that Jesus came into the world to bear witness is so significant that a person's response to that message that he proclaimed, it determines their eternal destiny. This truth was available to all who heard him then, and it's still available to us today through the Bible. He says, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. So Christmas means that that God isn't hiding from you. He's not expecting you to figure things out on your own. He took it upon himself to make sure that you know the truth about him. But it's not just truth about him that God wants you to know. He also wants you to know truth about you. There was a man named Simeon to whom God gave an amazing promise. Through the Holy Spirit, God promised Simeon he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. When Joseph and Mary brought baby Jesus to the temple as God required, the Spirit of God directed Simeon to say to Mary, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed to the end that thoughts from many hearts will be revealed. Christ will not be ignored. He will either be rejected or embraced, but never ignored. To those who reject Him, they'll stumble over their offense to Him like someone stumbles over a rock, and they will fall and they will be broken forever. Those who receive Him, though, He says, the Bible says they will be raised up. In Him they will find a sanctuary. They will walk in His ways. They will be satisfied. One or the other is going to be true of every man, woman, and child because Christmas means that the truth about all men's hearts will be revealed, including your own. One other thing that God wants you to know about Him and about Christmas is that His promises are true. Christmas means that God wants you to know His promises are true. The word Advent, it's a Latin word, Adventus. It means coming, approach, or arrival. Uh, we have many, have, many of us have Advent calendars in our homes where we count down the days until Christmas. The church has used Advent to refer to the long-awaited arrival of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And the story of Advent is the story of God keeping His promise to send a Savior. This story of Advent, it begins all the way back in the garden with Adam and Eve. When Adam disobeyed the Lord and sin entered into God's perfect creation. Sin affects every one of us still today. Adam's sin was passed on to us, which is why we still die today. But it was there in the garden where God first promised to send a Savior. Here's what he told them after pronouncing the curse upon their sin. He said, I'll put enmity between you... He's talking to the serpent and the woman. He's talking to Eve. Between your seed and her seed. Referring to her seed, he says, he shall bruise you on the head. You shall bruise him on the heel. So this promise is, to one of Eve's, is that one of Eve's descendants, a son, would crush Satan's head. And there have been several other times when God in the Scriptures have expanded upon this original promise. God promised Abraham that one of his descendants would bless the entire earth, giving life and salvation to all people. 
God promised Moses that God himself would raise up a prophet who would speak the very words of life and salvation. God promised King David that one of his descendants would be a great king who will have an eternal kingdom that will never end. Through the prophet Isaiah, God promised that the Messiah will be born of a virgin and that he will he will be our substitute for sin and guilt and death. And he would give his life so that we would live forever. Through the prophet Micah, God promised that the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem and that he will be the eternal king of Israel. In the New Testament, the apostle Paul, he connects these uh, with Christmas, with the fulfilling of these promises. He says, for I say that Christ has become a servant to the circumcision on behalf of the truth of God to confirm the promises given to the fathers and for the Gentiles to glorify God for his mercy. These promises that God was making, well, they continued when Jesus came. Jesus promised whoever thirsts may drink their fill of living water. All who are weary may take up his yoke. Whoever believes may come. And this is true because God is faithful to keep his promises. Can you see how Christmas means that there are things that God wants you to know? How he wants you to know the truth about him. He wants you to know the truth about you. He wants you to know that he is faithful and you can trust his promises. The second thing Christmas means is that there are deeds God wants to do for you. There are deeds that God wants to do for you. And these are things that you can't do for yourself. They must be done for you. And because they need to be done for you, God sent his own son to do them. The first thing that God wants to do for you is to rescue you. Jesus declared the son of man came to seek and save the lost. There's a show that we've watched over many years. Of, we're, we're seeing it now in um, you know, the streaming where you can find all these shows out there. It's called I Shouldn't Be Alive. It's a show that tells the story of those who survived some catastrophe that in most cases would have led to their death. I think it's natural that, you know, as you're watching, you you think to yourself, could I have survived that? The episodes where I usually find myself feeling the most doubtful are the ones where they're lost out in the ocean somewhere. There's usually a point where they're recreating the reality of just how bleak things were, where the camera angle just keeps getting wider, wider and wider until that person who's drifting on the sea is just barely even a speck. They're consumed in the vastness of the ocean. And when that rescue plane inevitably comes over, passes over them, looking for them, it fails to see them because the ocean is just too big and they are just too small. And eventually, when their endurance has almost run out, somehow they get saved. They shouldn't be alive, but they are. The truth is we shouldn't be alive. We were lost in a sea of sinful humanity. We blended in with everyone else around us who had sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. There was one significant difference to our being lost from that of the show. We didn't want to be found by God. In our rebellion, we hid from Him. 
When we thought that he might be somewhere, we foolishly turned the other way. We wanted to stay lost. But the Son of Man came not just to seek the lost, but to save them from their sin, from themselves. He had to seek me. He had to save me. Because I never would have come to him otherwise. And this is why he came. This is what Christmas is all about. God wants to rescue you. And any who are lost can be found. The next thing God wants to do for you is He wants to set you free. The Bible says Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many. A ransom is the price that's paid to free a slave or a prisoner. Every slave or prisoner wants their freedom, unless, of course, they don't know that they're in bondage. That was our case. We loved our darkness. We, we hated the light. With, with many whom we fellowshiped in the darkness, they're still there. And they're content to stay there. Even when you speak to them, perhaps, about coming to the light who is Jesus Christ. And yet Jesus, even though you were once amongst them, He sought you. And He found you. And He paid the price to set you free. So great was your bondage, though, that the only possible price that could be paid was himself. Not even then did he hold back. He said he gave his life a ransom for many. You were not redeemed, the Apostle Peter says, with perishable things like silver or gold. That's the typical ransom price, right? That's not what you were redeemed with. He says, you were redeemed with, redeemed with precious blood, as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. That is why he came, and that is what Christmas means. Freedom is available to those who desire it. The third thing that God wants to do for you is save you. Here's what Jesus said about himself. This might sound familiar to you, for God so loved the world. That He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. There's a reason why this verse is so well known. This verse explains the great message of the Gospel so clearly and concisely. But let's break it down into its parts just to make sure that we understand God, right, the God of the universe, who knows no imperfections, who has no needs. Well, this great and glorious God so loved the world. It's not a love that's motivated by gain. He is satisfied in himself. It's, it's his delight to love those who cannot repay him. His is an eternal love. It began before the world did. And it's going to continue after the world is gone. His love is freely given. It's, it's not based upon your being worthy of it or able to earn it. His love will never change because He Himself never changes. His love is also unique because He chose to set it not upon the lovely, but upon the unlovely. What a glorious love it is. The verse continues to say, whoever believes on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. 
It's glorious in its extent because it extends to whoever believes. The door of eternal life is open. It opens to whoever wishes to pass through it by faith. It's glorious in its offer because it's given to whoever believes, which in the case of mankind means it's given to the undeserving. But not just the undeserving, it's given to the ill-deserving, those who actually deserve condemnation. It's glorious in its simplicity. He says, whoever believes. God's salvation is based not on what you do, but what Christ has done. So there's no performing. There's no earning. There's no maintaining. There's only believing, enjoying, and rejoicing. It's also glorious because it comes through God's Son. It says, whoever believes in Him. Christ is the greatest gift given to men. There's no one like Him. There's no one who is His equal because Jesus is God. He's fully God. He's holy God. The fullness of deity in human form. And that means that when God gave Jesus, He gave the best that He could give. He gave Himself. And the point of such a great and glorious love it was to save. Though we deserved God's condemnation, He sent His Son into the world that it might be saved through Him. So Christmas means that anyone, regardless their sin, their upbringing, their failures, their disappointments, or their fears, anyone can be rescued, set free, and saved. Well, so far we've seen that Christmas means that There are important things that God wants you to know. And there are things that God must do for you. And so God sent His Son to reveal and to do these things. There's a third thing that Christmas means. It means that there are blessings that God wants you to experience. There are blessings that God wants you to experience. These are things that everyone desires. And so God sent His Son to make them truly possible. The first thing that God wants you to experience It's his compassion. Listen to these words that Jesus spoke one Sabbath in the synagogue. He said, he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set free those who are oppressed. These words are a quotation from the prophet Isaiah. They were spoken originally to the Jews who were in captivity because they were unfaithful to God. It was a consequence to their disobedience. We, too, were in bondage as a result of our own disobedience. And just like he warned the Jews about their unfaithfulness, God has warned us, too. What a man sows, he will also reap. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Only a fool does not fear God. We've been wise in our own eyes. We've deceived ourselves. We've trusted in emptiness. And then we ate the fruit of our own iniquity. Should God care if we suffer when we have disregarded his clear warnings in Scripture? See, these words were originally from Isaiah. They were meant for the Jews, but then Jesus quoted them. He quoted them at the outset of his public ministry. He did so because they not only defined his ministry, but they revealed God's heart. He's a God of compassion. He takes pity on those who were in bondage to their sins, blind to His glory, oppressed by their own foolish choices. 
Christmas means that God loves to show compassion to sinners. Well, God also wants you to experience abundant life. Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. See, Christ comes not just to give life to those who deserve death, but to generously satisfy all who come to him with an abundant life. Christ came to give abundant life because his sufficiency, his worth is proclaimed by your contentment. It's not necessarily a life that's free from sorrow or sickness or disappointment. Although God, many times, doesn't he spare us from sorrows that we might otherwise have deserved and experienced? He often preserves us from sickness. We might be on the brink of death and he brings us back. An abundant life is not an over-spiritual life where everything is just wonderful. Everything is just beautiful. The abundant life that the Bible speaks of is above all the contented life in which contentment is the result of having a confidence that God is equal to every emergency and does indeed supply all, all our genuine needs in accordance with what he calls the riches of his glory through Christ Jesus. So Christmas means abundant life is possible and God wants to bless you with it. Thirdly, God wants you to experience peace. The Bible says the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Remember the serpent back in the garden? Jesus came to destroy his works. The works of the devil refer to his activities in the world to fan the flames of rebellion in men and in women. His works are about sin and defiance and temptation, ruling the world, persecution accusation of the saints, instigation of false teachers, and then lastly, the power of death itself. And because the Son of God appeared, as in He came at Christmas, He says, all the devil's works will one day be gone. And along with Him, all the evil that flows from those who follow Him. There's much that the Bible says about the peace that Jesus gives that He will establish. But Christmas means all evil will one day be banished and you will know true, genuine, and lasting peace forever, along with compassion and a truly meaningful and abundant life. Now, for good or bad, Christmas is also associated with gifts. God loves to give gifts. One last thing that Christmas means is there are gifts that God wants to give you. God wants to give you things that you really, really need. And so He sent His Son to give them. First, God wants to give you the gift of eternal life. The Bible said God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. The Bible says that man lives with an unshakable fear of death all his days. Now, most most find a way to dull their senses to it, but it never fully goes away. Many hold firmly to their defiance, declaring that if they came to Christ on their deathbed, well, 
Certainly, it would only be due to being out of their right minds due to drugs or pain or something like that. Never would they choose to believe that man is appointed by God to die once and after this comes judgment. What a rude awakening such people face. They were not just wrong, but they were foolishly and defiantly wrong. There is God. And He did send His Son into the world to give one overarching blessing to all. The gift of eternal life. It is eternal in its duration. It's eternal in its quality. The life that the Son gives will never end. In Christ, we are made as eternal as He is. And this life will also be different from our present life. It will be lived for Him. And it will reflect the one who saved us. So Christmas means eternal life is available to all men everywhere. A second gift that God wants you to have is a relationship with him. The Bible says God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Adoption means you've been accepted. You've been made part of the family. Before we could ever be adopted by God, made part of His family, God first had to send forth His Son. And He had to bring those that the Father wished to adopt out from under what He called bondage to the law. In the law, God defined how we are to live in His world. And He warned that those who reject His law face death. We were in bondage to what the law says that we deserve for breaking God's law. We were in bondage to the law. And Jesus had to be born. He had to be born just like you and me, born of a woman, so that He could take our place. And He had to be God for His sacrifice to be of the infinite worth to atone for the sins of the world. We still lack the righteousness, though, to be part of God's family. But when Jesus came, says He was born under the law. And unlike All others who were born under the law, Jesus kept the law. He kept it perfectly. Not only did this make Him an unblemished sacrifice for sins, but His perfect righteousness was what God then credited to all who believe in His Son. And therefore, we can be fully accepted by God. We can have a relationship with God. We can be part of His family. And that's why God sent His Son. This is what Christmas means. One last thing that Christmas means. One last gift that He wants to offer you is hope. God wants you to have hope. Jesus said, it's not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous. In other words, I didn't come to call those who don't think they need a Savior. I came to call sinners. Here's something I I don't do in my spare time. I don't go to the doctor. When I have some free time, I go, I think I'll go to the doctor today. I don't do that. Here's something people don't do. They don't come to the Savior. They may go to church. They may read the Bible. They may teach in Sunday school. They may even give to the church out of their money. But they don't come to the Savior for the same reason that we don't go to the doctor. They don't think that they're sick. 
Being sick is never fun. A lot of sickness this time of year going around. You usually, when you're sick, you usually feel awful and you just want it to end. We go to the doctor because we're desperate for relief, for a cure. Well, praise God that when we felt the burden of our sin, that we had a Savior to run to. He saw you bending under the weight of your sin, desperately seeking a way to find relief from the shame and the fear. And He called your name. You're off wandering in your loss. And He said, Nick, Nick, come. I knew there was nowhere else to run because I'd tried every other way to feel better. Nothing had worked. And so I came to Him. And I believed on Him with the little faith that I had. And He healed me and made me whole. I would have never come though if He hadn't first caused me to feel the weight of my sin. I would have just kept going on with my life and just thinking that I was well. I'm okay. It can be quite a hopeless and a scary moment for your doctor to tell you that your sickness is incurable. Infinitely more hopeless is knowing that your sin is incurable and there is nothing that you can do to be made right with God. But see, God wants to give the gift of hope to those who don't have any. He also wants to give the gift of eternal life that's found in a relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. And that is why He sent His Son. And that is what Christmas means. Now, you still may be hoping to get something that you want for Christmas. Some of you might have opened some gifts already. Some of you may are going home to open more gifts or start opening gifts. Maybe there are some things that you know that you need that you're wondering if you're going to get them. Well, Christmas means that God wants you to have both what you really need and what you want most. What do you need? You need truth about God. You need truth about you. You need to know that you can trust God. You need to be rescued, set free. You need to know that you've been saved from the penalty of your sin. But what is it that you want? Don't you want peace? Compassion? A meaningful and fruitful life? Don't you want assurance that you have eternal life and a fulfilling relationship with God? Don't you want hope? God knows not only what you need, He knows what you want. And that is why He sent His Son. And that is what Christmas means. Before we conclude our service with another performance and some, uh, another song to sing and we go our ways, let's just pause a moment and think about what we really need and what we really want. And just because you've been going to church or just because you're here today doesn't mean you found that. Have you put your faith in His Son? Do you just know about Him? Or do you know Him and He knows you? That's the real question. So let me pray briefly. And then we'll move on with our service. God, we are grateful. Because You have not hidden Yourself from us. You have not hidden truth from us. In fact, you sent your son to reveal who you are. And he did so perfectly. 
And that revelation has been captured for us through the Scriptures. It covers many things, but most significantly, its message is about Jesus. This one whom God sent so that we might have life, might have it abundantly, that we might be rescued. Even though we were lost, we could be found. Lord, I I pray that Christmas would be different from many others, perhaps every other in someone's life here today, that today they would put their trust in Christ because they've realized they need to, because they've realized they can trust Him and that they need hope, they need assurance. And You can grant all that to them through the Scriptures, through Your Spirit, and it begins when they put their faith truly, fully, entirely in Your Son whom You sent. We thank You for Christmas. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen.